Hi, beautiful souls. Welcome to Conscious Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Shivani, and this is the place where we talk about wellness, mindset, spirituality, manifestation, mysticism, and all beautiful things around mind, body, spirit coherence. So today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Emmy Ray, who is the founder of the Daily Rest Studio. She is a restorative teacher. She is really actually more than a restorative teacher because she, through her incredible work, she's really teaching us that it is possible for us to live in gently in this fast-paced modern world. And I've been a part of her daily rest studio and it's been such an incredible reset for my nervous system to experience her work. So I'm really excited for you to learn more about rest, slowing down and experiencing life through Emmy's lens of slow, gentle living. Uh, And I really hope you enjoy this and take notes and bring in rest and make it a practice, a practice in your everyday life. Emmy, welcome to Conscious Revolution Podcast. I am so happy and delighted to have you on board. Uh, It's just like your timing on the podcast in my life. (laughs) It's just so perfect. (laughs) Uh, And I think especially that we are having this conversation in this month of September, uh, where uh, I feel like grace is such a big theme. Uh, I'm sure inside your portal, but also in my life, I just want to say like before joining the Daily Rest Studio this month, I swear my theme of the month was grace. And the moment I saw it, you sharing on your story, I was like, this is it. This is my sign. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting. I love that so much because almost every month already, this is a crazy little or mini story just to begin with i had the theme i have the theme for next month in my mind and then uh, a woman who's in the studio she texts me on the pisces full moon and she was like emmy i just you know i have to pass on this message even though i i'm a bit scared too but i have to say i think we should explore a, a practice like this in the studio and she said the exact word that's going to be the theme Mm. And honestly, I feel like the studio is so co-created, you know, like it's so anyway, I just think that I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And and I just want to say that happened for the second time, like even like last month, uh, I was like seen. It's, it's, it's like I was talking about seen all the time in August. And I was and I, I think it's also the Leo energy, but I was all about seeing the need to be seen, the the desire to be seen in so this time when it happened for the second time, I was like, I got to listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that so much. Uh, how the universe is always guiding us to the next path, to the next place. And talking of which, uh, I think uh, your work, your lifestyle, your way, the way you communicate it has resonated so deeply with me and definitely been an expansive um expansive uh, example to kind of like see the possibility of not really having to give up 
your purpose, your soul calling, or neither yourself, which is why I started this podcast with that word grace. It's about when you offer grace to others, it's also about offering that grace to ourselves. It doesn't have to be this or that. How did your journey start with uh, with that? Like honoring, offering that grace to yourself, but also to what you feel like contributing or sharing uh, in your community with the world in whichever way it has come for you? Yeah, it's such an interesting question. I love what, you and I were speaking about briefly before we started recording in like uh, often there's this pull when maybe you just become interested in slow living or living gently or meditation or spirituality, whatever it is. And there's definitely that pull or that call to be like, should I be living on a deserted island (laughs) or deep in the mountains? And I do think about that. You know, I do have those moments where I'm like, Japanese countryside, you know, by the ocean, like that's appealing. Um, but I, I love this idea of like, uh, we, you know, we can still have, whether you're self-employed or you're, you know, you have a job that, you know, asks a lot of you or a family that asks a lot of you, or you uh, have a big social community or whatever it is. I love this idea of like, we can still you know, create the dream business or have the big family or have the big social life and also live softly, live gently, have that time and space for rest. And that's what I was thinking about with this theme of grace, which is like, you know, grace is not uh, necessarily just like always being poised and always being like, you know, like a ballerina or something. (laughs) Like grace, I think really is the ability to, um, yeah, to very much like hold ourselves gently no matter what wave we're in so it's kind of like I think that's a big theme uh in everything I'm thinking about at the moment is that middle space you know that like which we we spoke about just a moment ago of that kind of space in between yeah yeah that that sweet spot I think that Mm. I think currently a lot of us are craving for I also feel specifically with the paradigm shifting with our needs our desires our tribal needs shifting and uh, as we talk about grace like so uh I have been really into human design really exploring gene keys for the past one and a half two years and uh specifically this week of course uh I have my mercury gate in 22 which is about grace and openness so that's been like really opening up for me this month and absolutely whatever I have dived into grace is not about being poised grace is not about being perfect uh and as you said like a ballerina (laughs) but it's more about being messy actually being in the thick of that glorious uh emotional uh mess like um I read one of the blogs I just want to like kind of like just put put in this because I feel it was so beautiful uh this woman she explained how she experienced grace in her life uh she went to this um uh, this retreat and she was like um, and after we had this all intense breath work and yoga and stuff like that after two hours of five hours they were lying on the ground uh, thick in sweat greasy <laughs> and they're you know like uh, tears rolling down their cheeks and she was like that was grace that that yeah. space of non-judgment nobody was judging you because everybody was going through that 
that extremely vulnerable space and i i just love how you talked about you brought that up and because this really i think kind of like reminds us that uh how i think society kind of like always even with these sometimes the words that we like to associate with brings us back to that uh old paradigm ways of fitting in trying to be perfect trying to be poised trying to have your shit together um mm -hmm. but that's not how it's meant to be always yeah i love that image of just being like thick with sweat you know and like, <laughs> like, like and seeing the beauty in that i think that's it i think it's like we we spoke about this in the studio right like being able to see the beauty uh yeah. that's grace you know no matter what yeah i love that yeah so how did grace come into your life into shifting like were you always like this like living this slow lifestyle reading books having teas talking about japanese culture and doing rest <laughs> uh was it always like that i'm pretty sure not but i would love to hear it from you how did that happen how did that tipping point come and how did you land here Yes, it's just like that thing, whatever we need the most is what we uh, are here to teach to the world, right? But I don't know, for me, like I, when I was a child, when I was young, I grew up in a small town uh, by the ocean and I loved reading. I just like, I would spend so much time reading. I also loved ballet um, and was kind of this, you know, very, uh, as a child, I was also very excitable um a lot of energy but also at the same time quiet you know very would 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 easily kind of lose myself in a book for the whole entire day and so i think that's an interesting juxtaposition that probably many of us relate to in that idea of being like introverted extroverted you know or be you know we all have a lot of us i think we have one foot in each side which i think is why this idea of like i of, of like should i be a hermit in the mountains if i'm into meditation but like part of you being like but i don't want that because i also love the the feeling of the city or people around me you know whatever it is so so yeah as i um as i as i grew up i obviously forgot about the uh you know the person i was as a as a small human as a young child um and when i was in my kind of early 20s i started teaching yoga and practicing yoga um because i was spending a lot of time in kind of the creative world doing a lot of writing i was writing a lot of poetry i was running poetry events i was like very very heavily involved in this in this yeah creative community which wasn't the healthiest place <laughs> You know, to be in terms of like lifestyle and so I, I kind of went into the you know into the yoga practice and and quite quickly found myself totally obsessed with it and then also teaching it it just kind of one thing led to another and so on one level I experienced what you know med the meditation practice and eventually the rest practice uh, gave back to me in terms of like giving me more space to just like feel my way through the world, but also more space to actually be more creative, you know, and like do better writing and create better work. Um, but in the pursuit of being a yoga teacher, I also, as many people who've done this know, was teaching 6 million classes a week all over the city 
um, you know, like like loving what I was doing, but not having any any time uh, for myself or to do what I love to do. And being a sacral being in human design, which I know you are too, I think this there's this really big misconception that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And and to an extent, I can get behind. Like you know, this is technically I'm working right now. Technically, you're working right now, right? So like amazing love it but like you know as much as we love what we do if we don't have time to read books or you know go for long slow walks in the trees or have our tea or whatever it is then we're not going to feel good and we're not going to be kind of at our best um and so yeah it was really this interesting very experiential learning of like doesn't matter how much you love teaching yoga you're doing too much of it and it's really unhealthy and it's you know so it's like through my becoming a yoga teacher i kind of got roped into teaching rest and restorative yoga because of that part of my personality that is very gentle and is very quiet um it wasn't my first choice but through that i i really fell in love with it and then kind of as the years went on and as human design came into play, I realized that I could actually kind of, and maybe this sounds like dirty, I could be way more productive and get way more done in my business life when I took more intentional time to rest and move slowly. So, it, you know, and that, and still to this day, you know, there's so much noise externally about what your life should look like if you have a successful business and there's just this it's a constant practice of coming back and being like I know what's true for me and I know yeah. that that's not my way um so yeah like it's a I'm trying to make it a little bit concise but that's kind of my experience going forward of actually realizing having this I'm gonna slap in the face of like when I really like yeah take time to watch my Japanese like vlogs or you know like uh, lie on the floor for 20 minutes and listen to music I can do better work you know yeah. I can and so that yeah it's like we were saying before there tends to be this pull towards slow living or this pull toward hustle culture let's say but I'm like I'm I'm feeling that they actually meet so well in the middle yeah yeah I remember, so my last season has been all about, uh, I think my each season reflects where I am in my life. And this is the first episode of the third season. Uh, so I think uh, my last season was really about uh, somewhere, me saying this over and over again, that as I'm diving deep into human design, uh, and I'm getting a lot of examples like you, um, uh, I'm realizing that there is a midway. There is a middle ground. I don't, there doesn't have to be this or that. I don't have yeah. to actually be on your purpose, you know, make money, do the, do, do what you love to do. Kind of like uh, a very bro motivational. <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, but also not like abandon everything and go into the woods and live in an island because I also have a deep desire to connect with my community, to share with my community, yeah. to share my gifts. And uh, yeah, I think collectively for every, I think, generators out there, every um, be it manifesting generators or generators, I think this has been a theme uh, to kind of like uh, 
replenish our sacrals also because the sacral will only give you more energy to do when you really honor and respect it as well and fill its cup as well <laughs> um, yeah. because actually the same story honestly uh where I felt like, oh, throughout my early 20s, I was like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And then I've, even though I was doing what I've always done, what I love to do, and it, the purpose has evolved over the time. Uh, it started with writing, but eventually it all went down to that same space. Like, uh, even though I'm loving what I love to do, I was so exhausted. And then it felt like, but the whole point of me doing what I love to do was to be happy. And I don't think yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, uh, I think uh, I, I think a lot of us would resonate with that uh, energy of kind of like finding that sweet spot. How did uh, kind of rest help you, br like, bring you more into that energy of uh, receiving from yourself mm. so that you could give to others in that way uh how did like how did rest like as you started teaching to other people like how did that kind of like start making changes in your life like how did you started to know like this is so important like nobody's talking about rest to be honest you're the first person i have seen so loudly speaking about rest honestly uh like i remember binge uh <laughs> binge you <laughs> listening to all your podcasts like literally typing emmy ray because i wanted to hear more about rest and i and yeah most of your podcasts are about rest most of your interviews so yeah like i would say i started talking about it after hearing it from you where did you get it from and how did that play out in your life yeah yeah it's so it's so interesting right like what happened for me was actually i you know, I, I start. I did a yoga teacher training, and um, as I started to teach yoga, people very literally, like you know, would would kind of come to my class. Someone would come to my class and say, "Do you teach restorative yoga?" Or you know, we need a Yin yoga teacher. Do you want to teach at my studio? And so the thing about me is, is that I am a a nerd, like a big nerd, and b I can be very determined, you know. And so, uh, and and I'm also like you know, I can also fall into the trap of being like a good girl, you know, wanting to be the good, like the teacher's pet, right? And so the, the determined part of me was like, I need to take these class opportunities to kind of grow as a teacher and to get my foot in the door. But the nerd and the good girl part of me was like, I need to understand these practices way better before I start teaching them. So another teacher was um, kind of mentoring me. And then I, I have, I'm a five one in human design as well. So I, you know, I was about to ask, are you a one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one. And so I was researching everything, obviously got the books and, you know, through conversations and research, I found, um, you know, basically I became aware of the woman who really made restorative yoga. So very traditional restorative yoga, what it is today. And again, you know, she has a cult, following she practiced with BKS Iyengar who I know there's lots of controversy about him now but unfortunately for so many of the kind of yoga teachers of the past but anyway she studied with him for many 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 years and you know what what she had kind of realized and what I learned from him he was always saying like you know people want to show off their handstands and their forearm stands but no one wants to show off their shavasana and that's the hardest posture of all 
And even in BK Sanders, like light on yoga, he talks about how, you know, in that era, which was in like the sixties, I believe maybe, yeah, the sixties, that book came out. Um, it was like to counteract the intensity or the nervous system overstimulation of modern life, 20 minutes of Shavasana a day. That's like, how many years ago is that? That's like decades ago. And it's so different to where we are now. We're walking around with like the world in our pocket. We're all totally addicted to technology and devices and all that stuff. And so anyway, she kind of took his teachings and and softened them around the edges a little bit because Mm -hmm. that version of restorative was kind of like lying on the floor with like lots of weight plates on your bones look at extreme rest she softened around the edges i went and studied with her in texas in montana which is you know on the other side of the earth to sydney australia and i learned from her daughter as well and kind of just went all the way in and like let me understand i studied with another guy um roger cole so I, I, and not only did I learn all that, I think the most important part was that I decided to do 20 minutes of rest a day. So that's mm-hmm. when I was like, if I'm going to teach this, I need to not only learn about it and know about it because that's just, you know, but I also need to really, you know, give it a go. And uh, yeah, you know what? Like some days it's still hard. This was like 2015 that I started doing this and everyone thought I was, you know, insane. And they just laughed, kind of like went, oh yeah, whatever, you know that's not real yoga and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, even for me back then it was, I had a meditation practice, but to lie down and just be soft. Um, oh my, oh, like it's not easy. It's not easy. And so much would come up. Um, but I would, again, the, the, the determined part of me stuck to it. And I started to see so much shift and change that I became I became very excited to teach it because I was like, no one is teaching this. And the only people who are teaching it are catering it toward injuries or people who are Mm, older or people who just, you know, and I was like creatives, entrepreneurs, like young people, people who are like, you know, moms, that's who needs this stuff because it gives you like just so much more energy and so much ability again to hold more and receive more, you know, because you're just... I think for so many of us, we're so deeply in kind of the the masculine, right? Of like, even all of us generators, MGs, we're like, I can make it happen. I can go and get it. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is like, how can we hold more? How can we like actually um, receive more? Even just, you know, so many things. Like, it's like, yes, the nervous system benefits, but it's also like learning to be supported. You know, like learning to be with yourself and and sometimes even just learning to be bored, which is so, so rare because now like we don't even, we don't get bored. We just pick up our phone and like the moment's gone. But, you know, even sometimes if you're lying down for 10 minutes and you're bored, that's like, that's where magic comes from. That's where ideas come from. That's where insight comes from. So yeah, that's kind of, I, you know, that's how I found myself uh in in that practice and it just that that 20 minutes most days you know it's my favorite phrase most days not every day really that was what um I guess after doing that for now I don't know seven years or how long it's been it just kind of you know it rearranges your whole life into knowing that like 
because when you when you take 20 minutes out a day to kind of do nothing or 10 minutes whatever you have you realize that that time out gives you more time so i think what that sets is this foundation of like the hustle mentality comes from like i haven't got enough time i haven't got enough time and i used to feel like that i always felt like that oh, i don't have enough time in my day and now it's like we have time there is time yeah. and the slower I go, the more time I have, you know, but it's like very tricky for the mind. Absolutely. And I think um, me really like having that, uh, like I really have this very busy energy. And I uh, remember reading about the sleeping Phoenix because my incarnation crosses there. And, mm. uh, and, and it said something like, uh, it's very hard to wake these people up because they're so busy. It's such a busy energy. And I swear, I have never said in my entire life I'm bored because I'm never, no matter how alone I am, there's always something to read, always something to dissect, yes. always something to do. Uh, and this year, actually, yeah, like this year, I have been saying I'm getting bored, like a lot. And that's something which is so for new for me like I would never get when anybody would say I'm getting bored I'm like how can you get bored there's no time in the world there's so much to do I have to do my morning practice I have to do this and that and I think even in my business like the to-do list before human design came into my life I never even thought about it that there could be some things which I can take off because there yeah. was always more to add, <laughs> always something more to add, but definitely never felt like, oh, I have to take something off my plate as well. And uh, yeah, I really feel it's like, I feel like collectively, I think specifically with the generators, I feel it's a big, big lesson to uh, lean into that doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, because I think we have been, it's it's also very capitalistic training to, because generators do make up most of the workforce. <laughs> uh, that your, your worth depends on your productivity, how much you show up, how much you do, how much you do. And uh, so I, I, I just know, like, even when I started working for myself, even though I had my own time and I had my own flexibility, I think for the longest time, I, I realized I had this, I think, breakthrough last or last to last, I think, especially in the pandemic, <laughs> that um, I still am actually enslaved to this, this whole, yeah. whole system. It doesn't matter even if I have this new structure. I'm still not doing what I want to do. I'm still doing what I feel like I have to do. <laughs> So how did human design, like I've been talking about human design so much. <laughs> how did human design supported this opening for you, like from rest to integrating that, as you said, that this needs to get out to the creative entrepreneurs, not just to the older people who just need to rest, uh, but also to people who need to create, who need to do, who need to provide. Uh, how did human design then come in to take it to the next level, I believe? Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. I actually came, like, human design, you know, ran into me when I was on a restorative training retreat kind of um, in, in the, like, mountains in Montana in the U.S. And um, it was really interesting because at the time I... You know, I had implemented the rest and it was 
uh, you know, making a really big difference also in things like my skin and my digestion and stuff like that, like very physical things. Um, but I was still kind of, I guess, mentally stuck with like, okay, but how am I going to work less when I was, so most of my income came from teaching in-person yoga classes, which, you know, if you, you can every anyone can make anything work, you know, I really believe that, but you're like, you know, let's say 99% of your income coming from in-person studio classes is it's challenging because you have to kind of go physically from place to place and, and stuff like that. Um, and so I was very mentally, I think, yeah, like suck. I'm like, but how is that? I just couldn't see outside of that. And then when I came across human design and like really this underlying idea in human design, I'm just obsessed with that applies to all of us is like, we're not meant to think our way out of the problem. And I think that's so liberating and so freeing, right? Like, okay. Like, and uh, you know, often people will come for a reading and it's like, okay, but, and having that same experience of like, I'm here and I know it's not, it's not even that it's bad here. I just know that here isn't where I'm supposed to be. I'm not at my, I'm not feeling my best. I'm not feeling great here, but how do I get to point B and what does point B even look like? And I love that human design is like, who cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> like when we come back to strategy authority, you know, come back to like, you know, whatever it is for me, I'm sacral to respond. So it's like quite a quick, you know, single definition. It's quite a quick, process of like is this a yes immediately okay then it's a no and and that's it's terrifying to kind of let go of mentally trying to figure out the solution and instead come back to in the moment like really connecting to what is a yes and what is a no and and for me it still took me and takes me you know because it's never ending it still takes a lot it took me a long time to trust that but the rest was so helpful as a foundation because having spent that time learning how to be in the empty space of rest made it ever so slightly easier to learn how to be in the empty space of saying no to something that my mind Mm. says, but you need to say yes to that because you're an idiot if you say no to that, you know? And so, you know, that's the thing about particularly being a generator But I think, you know, all of us can connect to this in some way is like when you do start to really move in the like tune of your design or just live intuitively, whatever you want to call it, you do have to sometimes step almost blindfolded into the dark. You know, all you know is it's not this, but there's this trust that like the next step will reveal itself or the right thing will come. And and that again, like being just in that rest practice that has um, someone to this meets me the other day in the, from the studio. She was like, I love my vinyasa. I love my Kundalini, but what's really beautiful about rest is like, there's no goal really, you know, like in vinyasa, it's like, Oh, I could get toward a handstand and then I could get toward a one armed handstand. And even in something like the Kundalini practice, it's like, if I do more of this, maybe I'll be more prosperous or bring in more money or more radiance or whatever it is. When it comes to the rest practice, it's like, there's no it's like just do that there it is you know it's just kind of the in there's no goal and Mm. so i really think spending even if we're spending five minutes eight minutes whatever every day we're visiting that space of just like in between quiet no non-striving then when we start to really like 
click into living and particularly running a business based on your human design, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, it's such a helpful foundation. Because I don't know if you found that too, but for me, like, I mean, I have an open spleen, but again, I think everyone feels this. It's like really moving with my authority and strategy in my business. It works, but it's terrifying. Um, And now I trust it way more. But in the beginning, I was like, I'm going to lose everything, you know, and I still have moments like that regularly, but I really, it just, because I didn't, I let go of the plan, you know, I let go of the, um, and this is not to say like, you know, you let go of the plan to the point where you can't pay your rent. That's not the thing, but I let go of trying to think my way out of the solution or out of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I do have an open spleen, so I 100% get to where you're coming from. And I think as you were speaking, I think one word which was like, yeah, because we just can't believe that it can be that simple. That we can, like, can I just like, because that's a natural way of being, like, you're a sacred authority. And for you, it's like this, a sacred response, like a yes or no, and that's it. I'm an emotional authority. But for me, I think if I look back at my life, even when I had no clue or idea about human design or emotional authority, I have always wanted to take time. I have always wanted to feel yeah. through things. Uh, but of course, my natural flex because of the conditioning has always been like to make a decision right now, <laughs> be decisive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think it's just this idea that how could it be this simple? And and, and yes, it's terrifying. Uh, and I think actually, thank you for saying that kind of like reaffirms me in the heart like okay I'm gonna continue feeling this and it's like feeling the fear and do it anyway I think it applies for the spleen I think a part of me has been has always been waiting for one time when the fear would go away and then I would do things that I want to do and then I would probably be open and feel relaxed and feel okay like I think if I now like hearing enough of it I think about it in retrospect, I think there's been a lot of resistance to rest, to pause, because uh, A, yes, if I don't do anything, if I don't make it happen, it won't happen, <laughs> uh, a big one. But two, it's also, I think, the this this energy of not feeling safe. Uh, yeah. that if I don't do this, then it's not safe. And most of the times, I think what I've learned as I have become familiar with my need to feel safe that it had nothing to do with my money it had nothing to do with my relationships like feeling safe had nothing to do with my business none of the external things as much as I thought and I think I still think a lot of times this urge to kind of like control things it's only so that I can feel safe but that feeling is and ironically actually that feeling only comes when you let yourself be in that space of nothingness and rest for a for a period of time because uh, as you said like uh, uh, you have a goal in kundalini you have a goal when you're doing vinyasa and uh, i have done so many practices i think in the last five years <laughs> of me exploring the spiritual manifestation all this stuff it's like there's been a lot of doing and i think my this last one and a half years have been all about I feel uh integrating it in my body and so I just want to mm. just in case if somebody feels out there you're doing nothing you are actually doing you are integrating because I have realized that 
a lot of times things didn't work no matter how much mindset work I did, no matter how many, even I would say spiritual practices I did because none of it had the space to, as you said, how much can you hold? My nervous system was not ready to hold because it was freaking out all the time. And I feel my idea behind doing more yins and doing more restorative yogas, uh, I think in the past two years, I've been only so that I can, as I became aware and started studying and diving deep into the nervous system healing and that my body needs to be on board too. I can't just work with yeah. mind soul. It's a mind, body, soul. You can't manifest anything into flesh, into reality, unless you actually feel especially I think as it opens me especially if I feel like for me the word is safe maybe for anybody it could be something else but for me it's like do I feel safe with it and most of the things that I want to have that I want to manifest that I want to achieve uh and if I'm not happy it most likely I know by now that I'm repelling it and I don't feel safe about it 100 yeah. percent it's that sense of feeling unsafety and I feel like rest really really brings that sense of like feeling safe, feeling like you're okay where you are and you will be okay wherever you will be. Uh, I yeah. love I, I love the practices, uh, specifically as I've been diving into the rest studio of late, wherever you use a lot of support. And I'm really noticing how there is a resistance to receive support. Uh, and because so much of, I think, even our spiritual practices, our yogic practices are stemmed on how can you, how much strength do you have to hold to, yes. to stand on by, on like, say, one leg. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, rather than uh, how would it feel to when you're supported? And I think, uh, again, so much of even like the root chakra uh, energy of feeling supported comes into it. Like, uh, so... Yeah. Uh, how, how how do you kind of think think that that sense of safety has built in and reflected and started to radiate outside in your business, in your life? Like, how has that shifted things for you as you started to practice this in your life and started to share it? Like, because I think if you if somebody who's thick in that space and if somebody would have told me to rest like six years ago what the heck no I yeah. don't have time for that <laughs> I gotta do things and and that's something which even in like kind of like when I'm having the not self experience the when the frustration kind of like hits me that's where I'm still there uh so yeah yeah how did that how did that safety kind of like translate and reflect in your life yeah, that's such a great question. I love that because I think uh, it was very liberating or just uh, I felt very seen when I found out about the open spleen because the feeling of being uh, like, am I going to be okay? You know, that like lack of survival, maybe awareness or instinct. I feel that. You I can know? feel like the bone yeah. right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's so it was so um it was so kind of sometimes people hear that and they're like oh no and it's like no it's not a bad thing it's like that's something that you know whenever I've made a big move um 
you know, like left, uh, I mean, I've left relationship or left like some contract work that I had or, you know, said no to something or like that, the, the fear of like, well, how, like the survival fear could, would kind of bubble up and to know that like, oh, that's just something that's going to really try to pull your attention. And I mean, again, we all have this, but I think open spleen have this very viscerally, you know, like, you know, just to recognize like, oh, that, I don't know, like you said before, I don't know if that's ever going away and that's okay. I don't have to get to a point where I'm like, I don't feel it. I know that part of my process, and this is what I know now, part of my process is feeling that part of my process is that's going to come up and I'm going to sit with it. And I'm going to, you know, again, what you said before is so important, like about like mind, body, soul, right? We can actually be very focused in, yeah, maybe mindset work or talk therapy or spiritual practice and kind of forget about the physical body. <laughs> you know, that's so much of it sits there. So for me now, I'm like, I know that fear. Uh, I think in some way, shape or form, it's part of everyone's process. But I know for me, that kind of fear of like, <gasps> am I going to be okay? Am I going to be safe? Is something that's going to, that can come up. I don't have to feel like that fear is not trying to keep that fear is not trying to tell me this is wrong that's a really Mm. big distinction for me to know that like that fear will come up and then it will go down if I just let it kind of like raise its head it's not a fear which is like this is like it's not a fear that is intuitive and trying to protect me it's just a part of my like almost not self-process you know and so yeah like um for me the rest practice has been huge in like getting that to move through my body, you know, like having the, and, and I think something I notice is a lot of us, particularly those of us who might be very energetic and very, uh, you know, forward moving, very busy. That's our tendency. We tend to contract around sensation. So if there's a fear or an anxiety, we try to like, we're just like, it's fine. I'll keep going, you know, and everything. That's why like, me, like I think yeah. all my life. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm I'm really good at doing that too. It's like, okay, like lock it up, lock it down and just let's keep going forward, you know, whatever, I'm fine. And to actually make space around the fear, you know, or the anxiety or the whatever, whatever you're feeling to be like, when you like soften around it, you feel it even more. It's like intense and it's uncomfortable, but then you're able to kind of like be like, all right, I'm having the fear experience right now. I always have the fear experience when I make a big change in my business or, you know, make a, make a big investment or whatever it is. I always have the fear response. So I'm going to let it, you know, do its thing and I'm going to make space for it and, and do some of these rest practices because, you know, and, and again, I also like exercising like sweaty and vigorous. I do that too, but you know, it's, it's like on the days where we call for that, that feels amazing. But sometimes, you know, those of us who are kind of busy people, if we're feeling something, we might then uh, do the intense practice, right. Uh, In order to kind of cut that feeling out. But instead, Mm. if we can get like soft with it and quiet with it, we really feel it and then can actually get it out of the body rather than just like building more tension and strength around it. Um, So I think that's been really, really big. And then uh, again, I think the other safety thing is like learning how to feel safe while you're doing nothing at all, because Mm. the constant doing and, you know, um, this shows up in different ways for everyone, but the constant 
doing is also kind of a survival um, instinct and survival mechanism. And I also relate to what you said about for so long never being bored because I think that's also a survival response, you know, like it's, oh, I've got to learn all this stuff. I've got to read this book. I've got to listen to this podcast. And you go, I love all of that. But some, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like still this FOMO um, nervousness. And then when we learn to be in the empty space or the quiet space or the still space, I think there's less of that always pushing us forward. And we begin to realize that it's safe to be still, like it's safe to be not doing anything for this moment. Um, and that right now is, I think, very valuable. Yeah. yeah. I think especially after the pandemic, I feel we all have kind of like, uh, collectively, there's a, the, 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 the fear kind of like really came up, I think, during the pandemic, uh, in all, for all of us in personal ways, in, in the collective way. Uh, but yes. even like after it, after like... Uh, even everything is open and we're getting back to life and stuff. I feel I feel that not in just myself and other people as well, having that fear. So even though you don't have an open screen, I'm sure a lot of us would be able to connect to that as well. Exactly. Uh, because I feel like, uh, like for me as well, like I've never felt that sense of not feeling safe so loud as much as I felt in these last two years. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you were talking yeah. about reading as well, like I think uh, uh, one thing that I think you are currently reminding me of is to get back to fiction, reading fiction. Yeah, I feel like uh, that. I mean, I have been a total nerd as well. Like growing up, I would always be reading books, even in the games period. <laughs> I would be yes. uh, reading books, <laughs> and so um, and 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 I kind of like miss like having like reading fiction books behind my textbooks as well. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, but of course, like uh, as I grew up, uh, more self-help books, more of these books which can give you information. And of course, then the internet comes, and then you are like on blog. Like I, mean, I still read a lot of blogs, and that's all beautiful and great and good. But I think there's a sense of like the reason why I don't want to read fiction is because uh, there's a sense like what will it give me? Yeah yeah uh but uh like i think uh last month uh i happened to just pick up one random book i got probably a few years ago i never went through it and i just read the, the entire book uh, staying up until 4 a.m <laughs> and good. it was so freaking good and it was like a very casual story <laughs> uh don't relate at all but it was just so good like it was just so freaking good uh that excitement that you have what's gonna happen and i think uh i've missed that i think in the past few years uh because there was again this thing to do to achieve to tick off and it's always nicer to say i have read this book and uh, this has taught me this rather than a fiction book <laughs> and also i think i kind of like uh sometimes uh, I cry when I read books uh, when I watch movies because I feel mm. I feel a lot like being an emotional authority but as you said like uh, for you have made peace with your open spleen I think I have made peace with my defined solar plexus that okay feeling is a part of the process uh, I am going to feel through it it is a part of my uh, it is a part of my process as well like if I don't feel it through 
I might actually like literally not be able to make a decision that is in alignment with me. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, really making peace with, oh, instead of like uh, really these days, I'm really practicing to leaning in to that fear, into that feeling instead of pulling away, which has been my tendency for so long. And I think that's why I avoided watching movies, I think for a while, <laughs> or a lot of these uh, fiction books. So yeah, it's just so beautiful and sweet that it's making its way back to me. And thank you so much. Yeah, I love that. that. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite rest rituals? Uh, what are the little things that you make like, apart from uh, the practices, which are so nice and beautiful, but we know like, uh, you know, a system doesn't just heal with that. Like you have to integrate it in your life as well. So we just talked about reading fictions, but yeah, what else? Like uh, how do you really integrate and teach your community around uh, integrating rest in their lives? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, even the first thing is that, you know, my work days are full, but they're full also with things like walking outside where there's lots of trees and doing the rest practices. And like, I, I don't see, it's not like, um, you know, I see that as part of my day, you know, I see the time to stop and to like move my body and something more dynamic or do one of the more still things or go outside and walk like the whole I, I really feel that it's like that that's just in the thread of the whole day it's not separate you know it's everything is kind of connected so for me that's the that that makes all the difference yeah um, because sometimes there is a lot of work on the computer and it is about like it's not like the computer work is everything and if I'm lucky I'll get to go for a walk or um you know do a rest practice it's like they if i'm because i'm at the computer all day those have to happen otherwise i'm not going to do very good work so so definitely just like bringing it into every day and sometimes you it sometimes you want to resist it with all your things so i just look at my phone i'm like all right one o'clock that's it i'm off i'm gone and i have to do something and then i can come back and get back into it so that's the biggest thing for me also just making it not a big deal you know sometimes it's nice to like set up a beautiful space and light the candles and the incense and i love that but also sometimes it's like wearing jeans and you know whatever or pajamas and just doing the short practice not even on a yoga mat or a sheepskin just in your kitchen and then you know you it's like you don't have to be like oh i'm gonna roll out the yoga mat and whatever it's like just do that's why I have some practices which are seated on the chair so you can just do it at your desk you know so to me that's the biggest thing like bringing weaving things in and then the other thing that you know um I really try to work with is what is like trying to make my space feel uh as kind of like you know restful as possible while I'm not a clean freak by any sense of the word but trying to just keep like you know if i'm if if i have five minutes don't pick up the phone but like training myself to like make the room more beautiful you know just feel better wipe something down put something away things like that also just take pressure off the nervous system right the other thing is um i mean all the things you know like reading fiction i love to watch uh youtube vlogs but to make like a ritual out of it you know and sit down have a cup of tea and then like then pick up my phone and look at the stories of the favorite people i love 
um yeah so all those things kind of coming together um i think that in a way to have that to have a a day or a life that feels like it's gentle and there's space it actually interestingly takes effort to set up these small habits so that it just becomes a part of how you live and who you are and um the other thing is that being self-employed that there are some days where i'm like i have i just got like i got nothing you know i got no inspiration i'm going to take a nap you know and mm-hmm. and i just i do that you know and it sometimes sometimes again my mind tries to tell me because we have the whole world always screaming at us that to do live this way is wrong so i don't think it's about again it's like the fear thing it's not about waiting to the point where you just find it easy and it comes naturally to you and you're like i don't care what anyone says i'm going to nap at like 12 p.m. i don't know if that point ever really happens so just do it you know just like mm-hmm. stop what you're doing and do 10 minutes of like a rest practice or go and lie down on your bed and set a timer for 15 minutes and just lie there and you know or like go out as soon as you wake up in the morning go out and and go and be in nature be outside just those little things it, it it's it's so easy to not create those habits but once they start to be there as kind of foundation it's so it just feels like there's so much more space you know yeah yeah, yeah. i i think you said in one of your practices right on if i've heard it from somewhere else but something like uh it's better to have uh like a a 15 minute of rest practice than no rest at all <laughs> than la than having like exactly. you don't have to dive in like it's 60 minutes and i think we have made kind of a big deal about the morning routines <laughs> i feel about having this big as morning routine where you're doing this and this and this and this and uh, uh i think more, a lot of times i'm like what should i do like i have so many options and i have to give so much time yeah. like most of the time i'm just like what should i do what should i do what should i do whereas uh maybe you can just like these days i'm really practicing not using guided meditations not using anything external but to kind of like sit in the stillness listen to probably listen yeah. to a probably a chant or just breathe yeah. through it and it's 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 even though i've been practicing meditation for so long of course it's not the easiest thing to do like silent meditation are still the most difficult things to do because your mind will try to pull you out of it it just doesn't feel safe uh yeah as i said for someone it could be another word instead of safe um but yeah i think we all have our own charge uh what uh before we wind up like i just want to like also uh, have you a little bit uh your perspective on like handling uh you talked a lot about not being on our phones not checking not going on instagram like how having an online business how are you like really having these strong boundaries <laughs> how are you practicing that with instagram <laughs> because you do seem to be like whatever i've been seeing like you do talk a little bit about uh checking your emails like once uh once a while or check or uh, logging out of emails and I'm, i really was talking to my sister the other day and i was like gosh i never thought about it how much time i actually do spend in just checking my emails and a lot of times uh they can be say a uh, no they can be uh, a change in something and you're literally going out in the day and suddenly you have one email pop in which even though it's not your work day and you see it it's like oh and it just yes. kind of like 
ruins my moment <laughs> so yes so with instagram i feel so yeah how 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 are you really managing and handling and navigating i think is the right word swimming through this shift yeah <laughs> yeah it's like and i've been talking about it a bit because it is something that i'm really trying to focus on at the moment because it is when it, when your business is wrapped up in uh like you know emails and it's online it it you it's so easy for mentally to have every excuse on this i'm working you know but i have to because yeah. i'm working and for me i i was i got really good at this over the summer and then i launched the studio in september uh, not september february i launched the studio in february and then be, launching the studio was you know uh it's been amazing but it's been just big you know like so a whole like having an online membership platform and lots of people from all over the world and so i think you know it's so easy i kind of fell back into being more on the phone on the email after i'd really set up such a good i'd had like you know finally gotten to a good rhythm with it over the summer of like not being there and then i found myself too much back into it again and exactly what you're saying if you check the email sometimes you see something and it's like oh you get this like feeling of like maybe it's anxiety maybe it's just like oh you know you just it it kind of ruins where you are in that moment and so something i've been i read um atomic habits when i was in bali uh cuz i was just curious you know and i think on one level uh i'm very good at uh creating like the meditation habit and the rest habit and all those kinds of things but what really stood out to me was um yeah like there's still there's still too much attention on the emails and the phone and so that just became like my focus about like i'm going to get back to that place that i've been before and i think we're always going to be on there too much i don't know if like you know i i know that there's some people that say don't have a smartphone just go back to the you know what 3315 whatever it was called i don't think i'll ever be there um but i think the biggest things for me are the morning and evening you know so having the phone in a different room and not like opening um emails or instagram until you know like let's say 9am or something like that and then tr- i've i've been about between 8 and 9 at night you know just you know not having the phone anywhere near me or whatever and that you know it does work and i think what we have to do because we have to realize that the they're they're meant to be addictive you know and then when you have your business tied up in it it's just you know even more and so i think we have to have like a lot of grace and a lot of patience yeah. and start with very small boundaries so i even started with like okay it, it goes on um airplane mode for an hour and that would be how i started and things like that and then you know i wrote this in the email newsletter when i started to do the email thing as soon as i closed the email they're like i've got to send that one i've got to send that one and so i just started writing it down on a piece of paper and it was really annoying because it would be just quick to go on and send it but I was like I've just got to break that kind of addiction because I don't know if I think so many of us can find ourselves with a spare moment and instead of you know just standing there and whatever you know taking a breath or even this idea I spoke about before I'm just like okay let me just make my space feel better you know you just go open the phone email instagram you know whatever you check the the thing yeah, yeah. it just becomes then, this automatic thing yeah like literally your phone is kept here and your office is literally just one hand away 
and and mm-hmm. i'm really not and i've really noticed it in the past year and then specifically i think as instagram you kind of feel this pressure to also creating content so it's like every time i have a thought i have an idea there's an urge like okay let me create a quick post on that let me do this and now i'm starting to write yes. my ideas and like take my time even though with emotional thought i should take my little bit sweet time <laughs> but it's always just so tempting oh i would rather you know just put it up on canva it's so much easier rather than to put it on my notes section and then go back and then do that uh but yes it's literally like uh, i have really been consciously trying to step back from that creating content on uh, this speed on this momentum uh because of course of instagram promotes that and it's been a kind of like a rebel a rebellious act i think in the past two years to not do it when the world is even doing it even harder <laughs> and harder to now into now like i was doing so much reels two years back but now or, or when they came but now i'm like i don't want to do it like maybe once in a while because i've now everything is real every video is a real <laughs> uh but yeah. but but really like i realized like my bandwidth is really like three posts in 15 days i can't i have realized i can't yeah. do more than that uh so yeah it's it's just as you said it's it is kind of like uh do you think safety also comes into play uh because we just don't feel safe <laughs> yeah yeah totally that can definitely come into play and it's just become you know it's just what everyone does it is just mm-hmm. so normal that we have to be abnormal about it i think yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, you, you, I, i love that phrase it's so normal that we have to be abnormal <laughs> about it yeah like i think when i say like no i'm not gonna you know like create content on a spree right now it's like saying a no uh which is very abnormal <laughs> so uh I would love to have you share a little bit about your offerings or how can people reach out to you if they want to dive deeper uh into working with you or into your space and your energy uh Valencia. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my um Instagram handle is at the daily rest. Um so that's where I uh you know, post some poetry and little updates on the studio and things like that. Um and then my website is emmyray.com so it's e m m i e r a e.com and yeah there's lots of offerings mainly the studio and um soft business uh group kind of mentoring and courses that bring in this idea of like how can we be business owners um and also like really have a good time and feel good and feel like yeah safe um so yeah yeah bring bring a human design to that as well of course mm. and i would really really recommend you guys to sign up for emmy's newsletters i think i don't remember how i find emmy but definitely i think i signed up to your uh blog and then one day i just saw your email and i was like oh my god she writes these big newsletters and <laughs> i started to read your newsletters on my mat because it was so difficult to start any of my morning practice first thing so i started reading and it was so beautiful and again very expansive for someone who loves writing who loves sharing and yeah. i always felt like oh newsletters you shouldn't write so much nobody because everybody says nobody has the time but i was like i'm reading this like i yeah. am really making time for this <laughs> so uh yes thank you so much i would really recommend if you guys love reading or if you guys just love the slow reading experience uh i think newsletters are sweet 
and beautiful and i love yours so sign up if you guys are in for that treat <laughs> uh thank you so much thank you so much i mean it was so so beautiful to have you share your beautiful wisdom and your experience and your journey um thank you so much for being here it was just absolutely stunning to have you here thank you thank you so much such a pleasure <laughs>